Running Light Ministry podcast is brought to you by listeners like you. You can support these podcasts by making a gift to the ministries at runninglight.org. Hey guys, this is Bo with Running Light Ministries, and you guys are listening to the Better Pleasure podcast. And this podcast is with Chrissy Outlaw, who began working in the adult entertainment business in 1999, and she left the business in 2006 becoming a Christian. She has done many speaking engagements on the harmful effects of pornography and also has a heart to help other women leave the industry if they so desire. She's been featured in a number of publications, films, documentaries, and most recently a TV miniseries. And she shares her story at conferences, universities, abroad, all over the place. And in 2013, Chrissy married the love of her life and they live in Texas. So enjoy the interview. Hi. Hey, there you are. And there we are. <laughs> How's it going today? Good. Not bad? Yeah, it's good. It's good so far. It's awesome. Hey, I was checking out your website and um, one of the first things I wanted to talk to you about is just what your ministry, what you do. Like, what do you do now in, in uh, with your website, your ministry? It sounds like you got like an outreach going on to ladies. Well, right now, I don't particularly have an outreach. Um, we are um, an organization, and we have a support group. So um, I haven't actually done outreach with 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 what I'm doing now yet. Yeah. Uh, because we because in Houston, um, um, sex trafficking is such a big thing. Um, the women that we have that we're helping yeah. uh, have already. Um, have been involved in prostitution yeah. um, and have usually come come out of um, the the industry and have nowhere to go or um, situations like that. So the women that we found, um, we found through different ways. Some of them have contacted me on my website, but some of them have just been. Um, they, they, okay, so my partner in the in the um, ministry, her name is. Um, Jen A. Hart, and she works for an organization called Rescue Houston. Yeah, I, was, so I, was, I saw it, that on your website. Yeah, so they're kind of like a first um, resort for a lot of the women. So some of them have come in from Rescue Houston. Some have contacted me on the website, um, and some I have met through other organizations like Elijah Rising. That's, so we haven't started doing outreach yet, but we will be. It's so awesome because we, me and Peter, this is Peter, by the way. I, Hi. <laughs> And Peter's my partner in the ministry, and we have we have other we have ladies too that are part of the ministry. Um, but we work with um, a sex trafficking ministry out here called Soul No More. Um, okay. And so me and Peter have gone into the public schools, and we kind of talk about these issues a little bit. Um, what's it like working with the women? What are some of the big like topics that the women struggle with as far as um, like you know they're they're probably you know, they're coming out of these crazy lifestyles, um, lust culture, um, you know, not really probably understanding love, certainly biblical love. Um, um, you know, I, I would take it it's a, probably a slow process for you guys. Yeah, so um, a lot of the topics that, they, that we deal with with women coming out of the sex industry is usually um, sexual abuse, rape, um, mental illnesses that they may have that have, haven't been diagnosed, 
um, you know, like depression, anxiety, anxiety is a really big one. Yeah. There's just so much, (laughs) so much, so many things, um, coming out of the industry, um, and not even, and then you have the whole spiritual part of it. So with, with, uh, my organization, we are the people in the organization are, um, believers, but we just try to come alongside the women wherever they're at. Sure. And let them go, you know, let them lead on, you know, if they want to know Jesus or not. I found that once you build a friendship with with the women, that walls come down and they do end up finding Jesus eventually. Uh, I don't know if I answered the question. <laughs> no, you did, hey, you did fine. Don't even sweat it. Um, you did, you're doing great. You know, it's like in my studies, like, you know, it's such an interesting culture we're in right now because... Like, to me, porn becomes, like, a viable option for a lot of women today. You know, there's no... Even when I was growing up out in the valley, there was no shortage even back then of people that wanted to be in the industry. It just seemed like it was kind of like a stepping stone for a lot of people to maybe trying to further something, get into Universal Studios or something. But it seems like there's always... It becomes a viable option for a lot of people um, in life to maybe get involved in the industry or to view it. When I think of like women and the the hurt that they have from men, just in general, because I, I, Chrissy, I tend to look at porn like a, a man's issue, just like mm-hmm. I, look, I I tend to look at abortion as a man's issue, because men drop the ball in so many ways that it creates an environment that is not conducive for women. Mm-hmm. So if men drop the ball. It like like if we're looking at porn all the time and we're we're doing our thing with it all the time, then obviously it creates something in women too. Where you know where uh, in in a sense women have to compete with men now that view porn all the time. But our culture, it's interesting because women today, you know, porn becomes almost a safe place for them to view. Like like if you're in college and you're a young girl, do you really want to go to sorority party? You know, or would would you rather just stay home, do some homework, maybe view a little porn, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and and just kind of own your own sexuality that way. I mean, do you see women, do you see that kind of when you were being raised or, um, or do you see that at all? Well, whenever, <clears throat> when I was younger, before I got in porn, porn was still kind of taboo. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the trends are changing now and... People are going into the industry. Um, well, I don't think they fully understand what they're getting themselves into, but almost it's almost like the um, society tries to sh- to show like sexuality as being empowering now, and yeah. it's like everywhere you go, it's the music, it's um, music videos, it's everywhere. Yeah, um, certainly. So people are growing up with that um, thought that sex is empowering and Porn is empowering in any way you can use your sexuality is to your benefit. So yeah, it's changed a lot, and you know, and, and more and more stories are coming out. Even that women are addicted to, to porn now. Um, well, a lot of them are. <clears throat> I think it was kind of quiet, like back in the day. And I think when I was growing up, it probably wasn't really happening at that time, um, or not that much. It was mostly a man's deal. Mm-hmm. But it's changing a lot. Everything is changing. Yeah. And I, and I see that again as like a man's problem because, 
you know, men are, men are, we take the lead, right? And, you know, if we keep masturbating all the time to porn, you know, it's just a matter of time before women are going to go, hey, what is it? You know, what is it about it? And there, yeah. there, you know, there's so much women pro porn. It's like, do you, are you ever in contact with people like, have you ever been in contact with people like Anna Spann or uh, Jackie St. James or um, um, Erica Lust, you know, those, those like women producers or anything? Not this, not this one particularly. Particularly, I did after um, I became a believer. I guess it was a couple of. Well, I've been out. You know, been out of the industry since two thousand six, so yeah. it's been a while. But um, I did have a situation where Playboy r- Radio interviewed me. Said there was um, the women were pro porn. It was a great interview. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what they'll say about it. You know, they let they, I allowed them to say their view and. Um, you know, and I shared mine. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. And that's how it should be. It should be where you guys are able to have good dialogue. Yeah, and I'm in a documentary with Nina Hartley. And she's very pro-porn. Um, <laughs> Just a little. I don't, really, I don't really have issues with any of um, any pro-porn people. I think, um, I don't know. It's just that's their journey. Yeah. You know, you really say about it. We're probably an odd ministry because we're one of the only ministries that's really has like a, we're really, um, you know, we help out people um, in our city with the, with these issues within the Christian community and elsewhere, but we don't, we don't um, come off anti-porn at all. And we don't, mm-hmm. we don't promote that. Um, and it's probably because of my background, you know, being so close yeah. to it myself. It's, uh, they're, you know, they're all people. And I love them, you know? Yeah. And how can you love somebody when you're anti them? Right. It's <laughs> so a good point. I prefer to, to, I prefer to um, describe myself as I am for women. I'm for, you know, healing. I'm for restoration. Yeah. Instead of being against something. Um, because you can't really love them when you're against them. Yeah. That's a good point. And, you know, I, I don't know about you, but before I knew Christ... I didn't know Jesus. I didn't know God. I didn't know anything like that. I, uh, to me, it was all normal and nothing was weird about it. And, and so I understand if you're in that worldview, you know, it's, it's just your life. It's, there's, there's nothing odd or weird so much about it. Yeah. And one of the things that I realized is that, is that you don't have to, like, if people want help, they'll reach out for help and you don't have to tell them what they're doing isn't healthy or right or whatever your opinion is and we're not here to judge but just you know just if you know somebody who's coming out of the industry or you know kind of on the not not knowing what to do it's just best to let them leave I just some I don't like how people some people reach out and um are judgmental and you know, just want to point the finger at people and make them feel bad about themselves and you don't have for women who are who are in the porn industry or any in sex industry in general, they already you don't have to tell them that you know that, that what they're doing is you know whatever your opinion is. Yeah. Um, they already usually carry around a lot of shame and guilt already. Yeah. So. Amen. It's you know I mean you do know Chrissy. Those are some really good words that you're sharing. It's it's tough to be in in this kind of ministry. And try to reach out, even to my friends that are still around that world, 
It, mm -hmm. Just because they know I've been a minister for 24 years, just that alone makes them really leery of mm -hmm. talking to me. Even though they know I'm still Bo and I'm still a friendly guy and they still think, you know, a lot of me, just just me, them knowing that I'm a Christian, they're, they think I'm going to spew out something that's going to be uh, some kind of anecdotal, you know, uh, don't do this, anti that, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I find a lot of just the people that I know that have uh, acted or in the industry they are really quiet when it comes to talking uh, to me about it. They would never talk to me about it, you know? And I've asked them like, hey, could we ever just chat about it? And they're always like, they're just really like, uh-uh, you know? And I've had, I've had even people over the years say, hey, I can't because, you know, you're a Christian. And that, that kind of has bummed me out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, they probably are carrying around a lot of shame and guilt and embarrassment or whatever they're feeling yeah. and it's just best to let them lead let them lead when they're ready to talk about it they'll talk about it you know what i mean yeah that's a good point and the, the best thing is to be there mm -hmm. no matter what the conversation is just be present you know yeah. and once once a lot of times you know people who come out of the sex industry have been sexually abused or whatever the situation they don't trust other people yet so building a friendship with with somebody like that is like the best thing you can do because once they do trust you, they'll open up and they'll tell you more, and um, yeah, and you can help them get healing for whatever issues they're going through. But you know, you can't force them to talk, or it's just not genuine. You know? Yeah. Let's talk about something, and that is women and the issue of of them struggling with pornography. We have probably seven or eight men's groups in town. Um, we started, I don't know, when did we start? We started probably 10 years ago. So we've kind of been doing this for a while. So th this kind of talk is normal to us, obviously. But we have only one woman's group. Mm -hmm. um, and trying to get the church to understand that women struggle with lust too is like really difficult. Yeah. Because um, usually every ministry always puts everything in a male gender kind of way. Yeah. And for so long, people um, were convinced that women were not visual. When, you know, it's like I kind of grew that. up people being telling me that. <laughs> I realized, like, that's not even, like, I thought I was abnormal. Um, because I was, that wasn't true for me. So I think that we've kind of all believed that for so long. Isn't that so. crazy? How did we ever, you know, I remember me and my wife going to a marriage retreat like 23 years ago. And I remember the, the speaker saying that, that women weren't visual. And I looked at my wife and I went like, what does that mean? Like, <laughs> do you mind if I get to be like 300 pounds? Like, mm -hmm. is that what that means? And my wife was just like, no, that's nuts. And so we always thought that was really weird. Um, um, and, I, and growing up where I grew up, women were very visual um, mm -hmm. and very bold. So I always grew up thinking women wanted sex and enjoyed sex and nothing was wrong with that. Um, mm -hmm. But when I came to Christ and I started getting familiar with church culture, it was a lot different. So starting a ministry just for women who struggle with with 
lustful inclinations is like pulling teeth in the church. Yeah. And, you know, porn is so, you know, saturated the internet, right? That's what people, a lot of people go on just to look at porn. Um, so it's not surprising to me that women are now viewing it more and more um, than what we originally knew. And they're, you know, now it's becoming very common. Yeah. And yeah, it's. Like in your church, do you, are you able to. Are you able to communicate that to anybody in the fellowship? Like, hey, women struggle too with, you know, lustful stuff or? Yeah, I mean, in my particular church, we are, um, it would be a place where it would be safe for you to talk about. We don't have a a ministry to the women in my church. Mm -hmm. Um, Our ministry is more focused on water and homeless, but. But you're there. Yeah. <laughs> so you so can chat with you. My yeah. pastor finally um, Facebook friended me, so now he knows everything about me. <laughs> <laughs> but he knew my husband. My husband did skateboard ministry for a while, so he was familiar with us. Yeah. I don't think he knew what I was involved in. So it's interesting. Um, he, we just became Facebook friends. He had, had he, like reached his limit. Right. Um, so I kept trying to add him, and I couldn't. And then finally I got in one day. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. He must be a popular guy. He is. Yeah. He's a great, great pastor. But, you know, like with any ministry, you know, a lot of times they're very focused on one type of ministry. Yeah. Because it's hard to be everything to everyone. So the church I go to doesn't deal with that, those kind of issues. I mean, they do. They do deal with it. And they'll refer you somewhere. Yeah, sure. Or you can get counseling. I mean, the, the root of um, addiction is the same no matter what. So they'll definitely tackle the issue. We just don't have a ministry like set up just for that. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of those things that you think are the roots? Um, insecurity. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, I mean, I'd say that might be the biggest one. <laughs> for women? Insecurity. Um, for women, I don't... What would I think? I think for men, it's insecurity because um, they might not feel good about themselves. Um, another thing for, I'm just going to say for men because it's sort of it's in my head right now, is that men um, might be afraid of relationships. It's easier and more convenient for them to just look at porn. So then they don't have to worry about getting hurt. And that can kind of go for women too. Yeah. Um, it eliminates the need for a partner. Yeah. I just read on Psychology Today where this uh, 40-year-old guy who's um, a-religious, non-religious, they're interviewing him, and he's just like, yeah, it's like, um, I, I no longer want to have relationships with people. Just porn is, if I if I get hungry, I go eat. If I get a little horny, I just watch a little porn. And, you know, I enjoy people. I enjoy hanging out with, with girls, and that's fine, and I love flirting and everything like that, but I'm just not going to engage in any kind of meaningful thing because you know in his worldview there love is just a a biological function of evolution anyway you know it's not certainly nothing um from god or a god um Mm -hmm. but it's interesting how porn has been incorporated in the culture so much where in a in a world that really doesn't does you know is secular it makes sense why people would just go hey you know what relationships are tough you can get diseases 
Um, you know, I don't want to go through the emotional trauma of maybe having a baby or maybe getting pregnant. You know, I think I'll just watch some porn and just, you know, and just kind of neglect the relationship. I mean, I could see where porn becomes just such a strong option for people in a secular world. Yeah, it does. You know, for sure. <clears throat> you know, well, you know, it seems like a, a lot of women in our church, they obviously struggle with stuff, but to make the leap to go to a group becomes really tough for a lot of women. I think it's awesome that you get to hang out with these women and have these groups because I'm sure it's just very difficult for them to get there in the first place. Yeah, it is. It really is. Um, I've only um, lived in Houston for four years. So um, the women that I've been reaching out to, you know, when I had a regular support group, like um, weekly thing where people come in and talk about the hard issues, it was really hard to get the women involved. Um, so we kind of backed up from that, and now we're just doing, like, fun, like, get-together things. Like, coffees and stuff like that is more easier. That's more easier for them to, to come to because it's so hard for them to talk about their past. Of course, we're going to bring back the weekly um, meetings, but for right now, we're just trying to build, um, you know, friendships and, and community yeah. Um, yeah, it is hard. It's hard. To, it's hard to go to a group and and tell people your um your um your issues. Yeah, it seems like more and more. I mean, I mean, we we're we're so used to the guy part of it. Where it, I kind of know that when every any guy comes through the door at our meetings, we kind of already know what the situations probably are, um, because there's so much public awareness of men that struggle with pornography they're more likely to just come out and be a part of it but our women's leaders get sometimes discouraged because they they maybe have been going two years three years and they maybe have a group of you know two three people yeah and um and they go huh why 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 and and i just got to believe that it's a very difficult subject in general, but for women especially. Yeah, and another thing is um, sometimes, in, well, in the beginning when I first moved to Houston, I didn't really know anybody, and I would get discouraged too because there was like a few weeks where we only had one girl, and I would be like, what am I doing wrong? But the thing is, like, um, and my mentor, Harmony Dust, you know, she said, Chrissy, your attitude, you just need to do it for the one. And once you do that and you're faithful with that, other people will come, you know, but just do it for the one. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what we started, started, you know, adapting that attitude and other women have have come, you know? Yeah, that's a great word. So what are you doing with, uh, I noticed on the website, you guys got this like adopt a kind of, um, or help out, help out people that are getting out of the industry kind of thing. Yeah, that's that's brand new and it's not fully functioning yet. Okay, <laughs> we're still working on the website. It probably shouldn't be up yet um, because it is a work in progress and there's stuff on there that's not how we're gonna do it. Yeah. Um, that's just something that we just started thinking about doing that okay. way. Okay. Um, that way, people can, um, if they want to um, sponsor a girl. Um, that's uh, one of the women um, coming out as a survivor. Mm-hmm. Um, they can go on the website. They can um, 
sponsor like them for fuel or for groceries or or therapy sessions um and that's all brand new i don't i don't know anybody else is doing it that way so we're gonna see what happens but um those are some of the needs that the women need especially out here in houston um because they a lot of them have been um, arrested for prostitution so it's really hard for them to get a job um, you know, and, and who knows what else they've, they've been arrested a few times, you know. Mm. So, um, you know, right now there's a couple of women that are in a um, homeless shelter and they're just on a waiting list for somewhere to live. But right now their needs are being taken care of. But when they move into that, into the new place, they might need more help. So we just kind of want to help them um, bridge the gap and um, be there for them and not just spiritual ways but like like actual hands-on like help yeah. yeah that tangible active love well you know yeah. keep keep us posted if that if that gets launched and you know you guys are doing that you know maybe it's something that we over here could help out with some of that awesome yeah i'll let you know for sure so let's talk let's switch gears and let's go into marriage because you're recently okay. married four, yes four years in yes four so, years in um, it's been quite the journey. I bet. I bet. Tell, tell us about this journey. <laughs> well, you know, before I got married, I had gone through a lot of healing, a lot. I've worked on myself for a long time, um, because I had been out of the industry. Let's see. We got married in 2011, 2012. <laughs> you got to get that date right. <laughs> yeah. It's it, it, Confusing. It seems like time is like flying. So I forget. It's okay. It gets worse. You know, before I got married, I did a lot of. I had a lot of healing. But once you get married, especially when you're um, almost forty and your spouse is in his forties, you're kind of set in your ways. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) So it was the journey of like learning how to compromise, learning how to put up with somebody else's bad habits. Um, spiritually, like, how do you, how do you work through the problem? Because you can't ignore it and there's no divorce. So, you know, just learning a lot about each other and we had to get help along the way. So some of the issues in marriage that, that are actually bigger than what we probably give it credit for is communication. It's just communicating with the person you love is a big, it can be a big problem, especially if they don't receive what you're saying right away yeah. and they and they so you learn that about each other how you how you both are to be, I don't know are together the way you are with each other you just kind of learn it as you go it's not super easy <laughs> yeah no I love the I, we appreciate the honesty that's for sure you know there's always people that go oh no everything's great <laughs> and it's like <laughs> okay <laughs> you know I'll talk to someone else um but um yeah. But no, it's, um, you're, I mean, I think you're right. Has a pastor ever said, Hey, I struggle with the same things you guys struggle with. Um, I haven't had that, that situation. Now I do get emails from pastors all the time. I'm like, I'm the wrong person for you to be talking to. Right, 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 right. You're all talk to a man. (laughs) Especially a pastor. Like, I don't understand it. Like what? I don't know. Um, you know, I can understand it if it's not a pastor. And I get a lot, I get tons of emails from guys. They're like, you know, this is my pet. This is what I do. This is the pattern. This is what I do. I'm like, 
why are you telling me? Because yeah. I don't really care. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're not my life. Um, I don't believe that I should be in a place where I am helping men find freedom from porn. Right. You know, I, I just don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> Point them our way. <laughs> I will. I will. I get emails all the time. Yeah, all you have to do is say, hey, we know some dudes over in Tucson, Arizona. Go that direction, you know, and send them our way. But, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure I know why they're they're reaching out to you. Um, I, yeah. can, I can imagine why that's they're doing that. Um, um, I don't agree with it, but I was just wondering, like in your counseling with your husband, um, you know, because you said some really true, awesome things and, and that I think a lot of people feel weird because when you, you know, when you come out of a, a life where you're, you're used to what Christianity would call abuse sexually um, or relationally or emotionally, you tend to think in the church environment, especially ministers, have it all together. And sometimes you never hear of their own personal confessions or struggles. And so you tend to think that everybody in the church has somewhat everything kind of put together. And mm -hmm. and, and I've, I've always, it's kind of odd me being a minister. I never wanted to be a minister. I, I didn't plan on this, you know. Um, mm -hmm. This is just something that God did, and I don't know why he did it, but he did it. And um, But I've always felt very frail, even as a minister. And I've always been okay with saying to people, hey, you know, I'm not a perfect man. And I, and, and I think it's, it's awesome in your marriage that you guys have gotten to a place where you realize that we're all broken. That it's, mm -hmm. you know, and lust affects the heart in many different ways, just as greed does and so many other areas, and fear, um, and discontentment, and hurt, pain, you know, things like that, and that not, it, it's like a fool's thing to think that someone's not affected by those things, mm -hmm. you know, because we all are, you know, so I'm sure that was healing for you and your husband just to kind of come to that realization that, hey, you know what, we both have to work on stuff. Yeah. I mean, it was very interesting to hear the counselor um, acknowledge the healing that I've had. Yeah. Because people who know my past before they ever meet me, they already think that I, they have an idea of who I am. So to, to go to this counselor and she says, it sounds like you've done a lot of healing, but, you know, and then point out, like, um, the ways that I have and in like communication and stuff like that. So that was really, really the first time. I mean, and this is pretty recent. The first time that I've been, um, that my healing has been acknowledged right away by somebody, um, because they usually just have an added, a, a, um, a, an idea of who I am just from my past. Hmm. And you know, there was a lot of healing that had to happen. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Well, I mean, you've done a lot of, it seems like you've done a few public, public speakings and you're doing a good job communicating with us. And, and that's for sure. So you obviously have, you, know, <laughs> you, you obviously have grown in some ways, right? Yeah. I'm still a work in progress, but you know, it, is, it can be discouraging. Um, I started working for an organization um, here in Houston for, um, and then I just decided to do support group by myself. But it was like they're constantly sending me to therapy, 
to deliverance, like all these things that I've already done because I've been out of the, out of the industry for a really long time. Not saying that I don't have things to work on, and sure. I've I've been very upfront when I worked with them the things I need to work on, but it, it just gets it's discouraging when people have an idea of who they think you are and they just assume that you're in that that place. Yeah. No, absolutely. You know, there's people that look at people that go through things, whether it's pornography or it could be anything just sexually. It could be just, you know, a girl having sex with a boyfriend and and they can be put down by their family, you know, called names or something like that. But you never know how those things affect people. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that is probably the biggest reason of why I'm here and why I share my stories because of what Jesus did in my life. And, you know, I could not have done it if I didn't know Jesus. I would not have had the strength to, um, to leave that industry. It would have just sucked me right back in. But the reason I left the industry, you know, um, was had to do with, you know, my past and, and um, dating different men who didn't treat me well um, or were abusive. And then you, right before I left the industry, I, I met a guy who who didn't abuse me. And we didn't argue all the time. I thought he was the one. Um, but then he did something by going out to a strip club. <laughs> and um, and while, he went out, while he was out of town. And it crushed me um, because I thought he was loyal to me, even though he shot porn. Even though I was in porn, I didn't work with other men. So I thought that he was loyal to me. And then the first time he goes out of town after a year and eight months of us being together, he goes to a strip club. And it crushed me because I was, I thought, I thought, all, you know, I don't know. I just, I, I just thought there was no hope. There's no good men out there. Yeah. And so me crying out to Jesus after that situation he sent somebody in my life to tell me that he he loves me like a few days later i meet a guy and he's um a friend not like a um interest um i was on a set where my boyfriend was filming and one of the actors started talking to me about jesus and i had just prayed two nights before that um the god would show me a sign because i had been in the industry for seven years and everything i knew about love was twisted and perverted and disgusting and not at all what I read about in the Bible, how love should be. So I knew when that person came and talked to me about Jesus, I knew that was the sign. And I left the industry that day. I, I never went back. Mm -hmm. I never took another shoot. I turned down the money. Um, for that, um, I was getting a, a monthly income just for my website of 15000 a month. And all I have to do is accept the check. It comes every month um, without me doing anything. Um, but I gave up the check because that's what Jesus told me to do. And He, God wanted to show me that I could trust Him with my with finances. And, and He used that situation to grow me and for other people to come in my life and to love me and to help me. And it was necessary for me to go through that really, really hard time. I mean, it was a few years. Oh my gosh, yeah. Really hard, really humbling, but it drew it um, drew me closer to God, and He used that. And um, no, but that that's man, that's so radical. Because I think I think that's how everybody really when you everybody who really comes into a walk with Jesus, I would imagine 
we all go through those years where we're learning how to lose our old identity and, yeah. and kind of gaining this new identity that we have in Christ. And that's what life's about, isn't it? I mean, even that's what we're doing today is just every day we're trying to walk in this new identity. And mm -hmm. though the old person wants to creep back in and all the old fear and the old yuck and whatever like that, um, it's always trying to remember that, you know, who Jesus is in our life. And, right. and um, you know, that's where I see like your ministry being so powerful. It's that you, you know, through Christ, you've been able to have this new identity and, and this new hope in life to be able to move forward. And, and I'm sure people like Brie Olson, they're just, they're just not there yet. It's not that they won't be, but it's just they're not there yet. And I, I love your heart to be able to just say, hey, you know, we're here, we're available, you know, there's someone who understands, you know, because mm -hmm. I just don't think a lot of women in the world have enough people in their life that are are okay with where they're at just right now, you know, mm -hmm. um, messy. Yeah, and all. it's easy for some women to isolate um, which is, you know, a big issue. Most women do isolate when they're in the sex industry, so they don't really have any community at all. So I, I reach out to people, um, you know, here and there online, um, <clears throat> when I hear their stories or whatever, and just try to, um, let them know that, you know, if they need help, I can help them, whatever they need. Well, not everything they need, but, sure. you know, <laughs> Right. And try to get the other people to help them with different things that they need. So, and there is hope. Like, it's not hopeless. Um, it can feel like that. And I'm sure I know a little bit about Bree's situation. So I know that she deals with a lot of anxiety and hopelessness. But um, I really hope at some point she will um, realize that there is hope. Yeah. And Hope is in Jesus. Like, there's not hope without Jesus. Yeah. I mean, that sounds so cliche, but it's so true, isn't it? Yeah. You know, because he teaches us a new way to love. You know, I know porn's wrong. You know how I know it's wrong? It's because 1 Corinthians 13 says love does not seek its own. And, yeah. And porn is all about me seeking my own. Right. And, um, yeah. you know, and just that, just learning those things um, blew me away. You know, it certainly blew my mind when I read the Bible. I was just like floored, like, wow, this is different, <laughs> you know, than than what I was used to. But it took someone to befriend me, too, and yeah. um, and all my things. Um, that's for sure. Do me a favor, and, and uh, certainly if anybody, um, you know, needs anybody to talk to, that it sounds like you're getting a lot of stuff from guys, you know, you certainly can always throw them my email. I think you have that now, but you can... You can always throw it my way and just say, hey, contact this person if you're really interested or something, you know, like that. Yeah, I, I will. That would be very useful. <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt, because we, we would love to, um, you know, talk to people. That's what we do. We, Me and Peter both used to work for an international ministry called Setting Captives Free. And so, okay. Yeah, so we worked. Have you heard of that one? Yeah, we worked with men from all over the world. It was awesome. So we did that for a while. But we appreciate your time. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no doubt. And we tried, um, we do conferences, so we tried to get you out, I think, a couple years back. But we'll try to get you out to one of these things. Okay. And, uh, it's not good for me. Yeah, right on. You take care, okay? Okay.
Thank you. Thank you for um, letting me share. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this interview we've had with Chrissy and we hope you guys got a lot out of that. Um, What a special time we had with her. As always, you can check out what God's doing in her life at ChrissyOutlaw.com and uh, check it out. She's got a website and all kinds of stuff on there of what is happening. So make sure you uh, do that, ChrissyOutlaw.com. And you can always make sure you follow the Better Pleasure podcast by Running Light on iTunes or SoundCloud just by searching Running Light Ministries. You can check us out. So thanks for listening. Check out runninglight.org to begin our two video series, Take Flight and Love or Lust. You can also send us questions on Twitter at Running Light or on our runninglight.org podcast page. Like us on Facebook at Running Light Ministries, Psalm 36.8. They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house and you give them drink from the river of your pleasures.